We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition. We just saw you all like 20 minutes ago in our mailbag mailbag podcast, but we are back with a special edition recruiting podcast. And Notre Dame fans, Notre Dame has picked up a big commitment today from Arizona standout Elijah Page, a two, 2023 offensive tackle committed to Notre Dame today. And we thought, what better way? to talk about Elijah Page commitment than to bring on Elijah Page. And so, therefore, Elijah Page is now with us joining our show. Uh, Elijah, congratulations, man. You are now a member of the the number one ranked 2023 Notre Dame Fighting Irish recruiting class. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited to be a part of this class. This is a special class. Well, you know – I don't know if a week ago I would have said, oh, yeah, definitely Elijah Page a week from now is going to be a member of the Notre Dame re- recruiting class. So let's just kind of dive right in because you came into the month of June. You had the Notre Dame visit. You had a USC visit scheduled. I think you were planning on getting to like Michigan State. I think that Washington was also trying to get you on campus. So what, what, where do things like when you kind of went into the visit, were you expecting to say, hey, week from now I'm going to be committed to Notre Dame? Can you just kind of walk us through what that process was like over the over that weekend? It kind of made you say, hey, look, I'm done. I'm done with yeah. this thing. I'm ready to go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're right. Um, a week ago, I wouldn't have thought that. I, I was pretty set on taking um, all my visits, all my official visits, and making a decision after that. Uh, but after getting camp on campus um, and just being around Coach Freeman, Coach Easton, and um, everybody, um, I, I knew it was the right place. And, and there's no reason to drag something out and take all my visits if I know where I'm going to go. When, when did it happen? Like, kind of talk us through, like, you, you know, you, you kind of give us a big picture thing. Was there a moment where you're like, okay, this is the move? You know, how did it, did it just kind of grow to that? What was that moment like for you? Did it happen during the visit? Was it after the visit where you just it just hit you like, okay, this is this is the move yeah. for me? Yeah. So on my visit, I kind of had a feeling. Um, I was talking to my family about it, and um, I I kind of knew this was the place for me. Um, and then when I got back uh, Monday morning, I had breakfast with my family, um, and we talked about it, and uh, they were all in just like I'm all in, and. Um, I gave Coach Freeman and Coach Heastan a call and um, told them that I'm coming and I'm excited. What was their reaction? 
They were hyped. Uh, okay. were, I don't think they expected it because uh, leaving um, on Sunday morning, I told Coach Freeman uh, that I'm going to take all my visits and uh, make a decision after that. Um, so he was definitely surprised and and he was happy. And Coach Reese was in the room too, and he was he was fired up. I love Former it. Notre Dame player Jarrett Grace with the congratulations for you Thanks. on the uh, on that one. Ryan, go ahead with your with your question. Yeah, Elijah. Fortunately, we were able to kind of exchange some texts after after your visit, just kind of checking in on everything. I know one thing that you said to me that I was not surprised about because I saw your film and I thought you were a really co- well coached player for your age, especially. But you talked a lot about your ability to sit down with Coach Heastan and watch some film. Can you kind of take us through the developing relationship with Coach Heastan and how much that coaching factor meant for you? Yeah, it, it's a big factor. It was a it was a huge factor in my recruitment to Notre Dame. Um, I mean, you see the guys that he's produced. You see the history um, of him coaching, um, especially at Notre Dame. Guys like Quentin Nelson, Zach Martin, um, Eichen, Liam Eichenberg. It's it's crazy. Ronnie Stanley. And um, so it, it's crazy what he can do and uh, what he's capable of. And um, so he played a big role in that in my uh, recruitment. And um, just sit on my visit, sitting down and talking ball with him. Uh, we were breaking down my film, breaking down uh, past film when he was here last um, and it's crazy the terminology that he uses, and um, he's a super knowledgeable coach. Uh, it, there's a reason he's the the best offensive line coach in the country, and you can tell just by talking to him. My my other main takeaway, Elijah, when we were able to speak, was you talked a lot of. I asked you straight up. I was like, you know, Arizona to South Bend's a far distance, right? Yep. Are, how comfortable were you maybe before the visit with traveling that far? And was it, was it a feeling that when you went on campus that that solidified that you can go far away or was that ever a factor in this recruitment? Yeah, it wasn't really a huge factor. Um, I, I knew that um, at some point in my life, I'm going to have to move away from home. And uh, I mean, this is, I wasn't too worried about it, but now, um, especially that I have taken a visit uh, when I got on campus, it kind of felt like home. Um, like I, I wouldn't feel, I don't feel that far from home. Uh, it just, it, it feels great there. And um, I'm not worried about that at all. Um, the visit definitely changed my mind though. It, it um, like, I have no worries at all. Let me ask you this, Elijah, you know, you talked about w- working with coach Eastan and like film and things like that. You have a unique connection to Notre Dame in that uh, someone from your high school who, you know, Tosh Baker is an offensive lineman at Notre Dame. So coaches can tell you all they want about what they're going to do. When you yeah. get there, you actually have someone who can tell you if that, if, you know, sort of the inside scoop because he's played for Coach Eastan. What were yep. your conversations like? And and I know, you know, they want to throw, you got to make your decision, but what were your conversations like with Tosh when it comes to, uh, you know, just what it's like playing for Coach Eastan and being at Notre Dame? Yeah. Um, the, I really like talking to Tosh because I know that um, he's being real with me. Um, he's telling me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. Um, and that's always, that's always something you want in recruitment and your recruitment. Um, everyone's going to tell you how good you are and what, what you can do for their program and what they're going to do with you. But um, no one's going to tell you the stuff that you don't always want to hear. Um, and I think Tosh uh, is definitely always going to be honest with me. And I really appreciate that um, out of him. Um, and, and so he told, he told me a lot. Um, he told me that coach Easton is a great coach and um, he just in the little bit of him being there with spring ball and all that um, he's learned so much. Um, and Yeah. So you got the seal of approval from Tosh in regards to what it's really like being alignment at Notre Dame. So that's yeah. a that's a good thing. You know, Elijah, I remember when you and I first talked, you know, kind of Notre Dame had given you the offer and and you know, we reached out and and I said, you know, what's the conversation? And I was surprised that you obviously Coach Eastan reached out to you. 
But you said that you also hear a lot from Coach Freeman. Yes. What has your relationship you know, been like as far as with Coach Freeman? What are your thoughts on, on Coach Freeman and the program? Because you're obviously committing to the program he's building, right? Yeah. So what's your relationship like been like that? And, and what was it about Coach Freeman that made you say you wanted to be a part of this program? Yeah, so with Coach Freeman, um, we have a really good relationship. Uh, we talk probably once a week, uh, if not more than that. Um, we text back and forth all the time. Um, and, and getting on campus, um, it, it made our relationship even stronger. Um, Talking to someone in person is is definitely different than over the phone and texting somebody. Um, so so that's great. And uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to um, play for Coach Freeman. Uh, his his style of coaching is great. Um, he's 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 always has great energy, and um, you can tell just by talking to the current players how much they really really do like uh, Coach Freeman. When you look at your recruitment, obviously, Elijah, you didn't plan on this happening this soon. Like you said, going into the visit, you thought the month of June was going to be filled with a lot of other visits. You got an offer later. Obviously, Coach Heastand came on, and it took him some time to kind of scour the nation and find some guys that didn't already have offers that he liked. Eventually got to you and and, and threw the offer out, and immediately we heard that Notre Dame liked you a lot. But So you, you were able to build your relationship with Coach Heastand and Coach Freeman. I imagine you've talked sometimes with Coach Reese as well. Have you had much of a chance to develop much of a relationship with the other members of the 2023 recruiting class up to this point in time? Um, yeah, not, I mean, I've talked to Sullivan Absher. Uh, I talked to Sam Pendleton, Joe Odding a little bit, um, and we just text back and forth a little bit. But um, I haven't really gotten that um, chance to, to talk to all of them uh, because I, I don't think any of us really expected this. Um, I definitely didn't until I, I came home for my visit. Um but, but no, but I'm definitely looking forward to building that relationship with them. I know they just added me to a group chat right before I came on here, and we were texting a little bit, and we're all we're all excited, and, and I'm getting to know them a little bit. Well, I think that's good because it means that you made the decision for you, and now you can build those relationships as opposed to the maybe some outside influences. So I think I think that's a good thing. So let's let's get down to the nitty-gritty, Elijah Page, okay? So when, when Notre Dame fans pop on the film and they're starting to evaluate offensive line play, when they watch Elijah Page, what kind of player are we going to see? Yeah, um, definitely uh, not a nice guy on the field. Um, I, I, I take <laughs> a great pride in, in not being a nice guy on the field. Um, off the field, I'm a really nice guy, uh, really easy to talk to, but on the field, I'm just kind of – um, go ahead and get it done. Um, old school kind of lineman. Uh, and uh, I, I, yeah, that's that's kind of my And as we answer. talked about before, long, length yes. and athleticism, no doubt about it. So, uh, uh, so Elijah, kind of, so where, I mean, you know, again, your whole, I want to focus on this again, your whole thing changed, right? Like you really thought June was going to look like one thing. and It's going to turn out to be something different. Yeah. You told us before that you're you're done with it. You're not going to take those other visits. So what is this? What's next for you? Does it mean you and your family kind of get the rest of June off? You get to relax yeah. a little bit, save some time and money. Is it allow you to kind of start focusing on your team at Pinnacle? Were you always planning to at least decide before your senior season? Was that going to be the plan or was this super even sped up even more? Yeah, so we definitely didn't expect this. Um, I was supposed to be in East Lansing right now taking my visit to Michigan State. And then after that, um, USC and then Washington and but but I, I feel right. I feel great about this decision, and I know I made the right decision um, committing to Notre Dame. Um, so yeah, this this June wasn't what it was supposed to be crazy, and we we're supposed to be all over the country. But uh, we're glad we're not, and we're glad we're we're settled and part of the Irish family. 
And now you get to kind of focus in on continuing to, to, to develop. And now you get to focus on your high school team a little bit, right? Yep. I imagine there's going to be some workouts coming up here in the next few weeks that you guys get started with that you're going to be able to continue to grow. So let's, let's kind of, you know, again, we appreciate your time. I know you want to go celebrate with your family. Just if there's anything else you'd like to, you know, you got a lot of congratulations, a lot of people excited about you, Notre Dame fit and all that kind of stuff, which, which we love to hear. What would you like to say on your way out of here as you go celebrate with your family uh, to Notre Dame Nation? Yeah, I don't got much to say, but um, just Notre Dame fans, you guys are getting someone who's who's going to work hard and, and not stop until it's done and do anything I can and anything I can to help Notre Dame win. That's 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 my goal. And coming to Notre Dame is to help Notre Dame win. Love it. Love it. Love it. A lot, and there's a lot of people jealous of the hair, Elijah. I'm just going to let you know. <laughs> A lot of Man, people was, wishing they Brian, could grow that out. Brian, I was going to say, I, th- I think that you have supplanted Sullivan Absher as the best hair of all the offensive line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like there's so many, like, you know, you've got like Joe Odding's got like the, the red hair. that just And then, you know, Sam Pendleton's got like the buzz cut, like the military cut, you know. Yeah. And then Sullivan's got the big hair. And then Elijah's got, you know, so the, so all types yeah. of different things, man. There's no doubt. So, uh Love it. Love, love. Thanks so much, Elias, for joining us. We really appreciate you and congratulations. And uh, I know a lot of Notre Dame fans are are very excited to have you on board and looking forward to seeing how you develop over the next year and following your senior season. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me on here. Take care, Elijah. Elijah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So that's Elijah Page, everybody. Uh, Notre Dame's latest commitment, Ryan. This is a this is a really talented player. He told us. So we were talking to him before the show. He had told me when I first talked to him. He said, you know, he played the year at like six 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 five. He said he was about six five and a half. Mm-hmm. He's about two hundred and eighty two pounds is what he played his junior year, which is about kind of what we said. We because remember he was listed at two ninety five, and when we broke his film down, we're like, he doesn't look two ninety five, and he's like, I wasn't. I was like two eighty two, you know, and. But then we saw, I saw a photo of him, a couple photos from him from his visit. I'm like, this kid's filled out. So we asked him, I said, you know, would you, because Notre Dame measures kids when they come on official visits. That's one of the things they do. They're allowed to do that. Said he measured in at six, six and three quarters, 
So he's grown over an inch. And he measured in at over 300 pounds with 34 and a half inch arms, which is elite size. And if you look at him, it's not bad weight. It's it's good. He's just he's hit a growth spurt and he's filled out really, really well. But uh, really impressive kid. And you see it, too, not just an impressive kid on film, but this is a really engaging, confident young man that that uh, that I think Notre Dame fans are going to like a lot. Right. But the interesting thing is he said very clearly, I had no intention of in coming into this visit of committing to Notre Dame. And it sounds like he didn't necessarily have an intention of when he left Notre Dame of necessary committing. But just that trip home allowed him to to say, you know what, where else where else would I'd rather be? Yeah. I mean, and you love to hear that stuff, right? I mean, because we were talking beforehand and we're like, you know, are you going to take any more visits? And he's just like, nope, I'm all in. I'm done. Right. So it's it's really nice to hear, man. And right. it's really nice to see because he's a player that we have obviously liked for a while now. And mm-hmm. for him to get bought in so quickly and you could just tell. I mean, I think someone said it in the chat. He opens his mouth and you're like, yep, that's a Notre Dame. Yeah, man. like it's, right. it's very easy to hear. So right. <clears throat> feel really great for Elijah, for his family. And I think Notre Dame is getting a great addition with this one. So let's kind of talk practically, Ryan, too. I think this is a big commitment for a couple reasons. Okay, obviously, we'll get into how it impacts the class, but there's two sort of broader things that I want to just mention first. Number one, getting into Arizona is so important. You've now signed a kid from Arizona two two years in a row. Mm-hmm. He said he, he was talking about how he played against Benjamin Morrison. He said when we asked about Benjamin, what did he say? He's special. Right. And then obviously you got Tosh Baker in 2020. So you've signed and you've now landed an, an Arizona kid in three of your last four classes. And as we've talked about in the show before, Arizona is an ascending state when it comes to producing big time players. Mm-hmm. And and now I don't think the recruiting rankings have figured that out yet, with the exception of, you know, I mean, even Anthony Lucas last year was criminally underrated early in the process. It wasn't until Bama and everybody started getting on him that they raised his rankings up. Right. So, but you're seeing that. So that's important because the more kids you get from there, the easier it is to get the next kid from there, right? This is a kid that Elijah Rushing, for example, in the 24 class has played against. He knows what kind of player that Notre Dame is getting. So that that aspect is good. But here's the other thing. USC wanted Elijah Page bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, they wanted him bad, Ryan. And so we've talked a lot about this. When you can get a, a, a talented player, that's important. But when you can get a talented player, and you, then you beat a team you compete against for him, that's sort of the double bonus towards and, – and this isn't talking trash. This is just practically speaking, it's an important thing to do, to not only get talented players, but you also have kept one from a team you're trying to compete against. That's how you close the gap or further the gap or whatever the case may be, depending on who you're talking about. So I think that was an octo- a really important part of that of, of his commitment as well. Yeah, now it's it, for a pipeline to start, it's got to start somewhere, right? And it started over the last couple, like you said, with Benjamin Morrison. You talked about Tosh Baker, of course, in, in a couple classes ago. So Notre Dame is starting to tap back into Arizona. It has become a much um, wealthier state in terms of recruiting talent that it keeps getting out. And this is another instance, Brian, and I know we talk about this all the time, but the fact that Elijah Page is considered a three-star by most platforms is mm-hmm. criminal. It's absolutely criminal. He is one of some of the better film that I've right. seen of the 2023 offensive linemen. So right. getting into Arizona and getting a really good football player, it absolutely matters. And we'll dive into the film too, but the one thing that was the concern for me, you know, he's got to fill out the frame and the strength and the power. Those things are sort of already, already happening a little bit sooner than expected, which is a positive. So let's talk about this class impact, Ryan. Mm-hmm. When you look at how landing Elijah Page impacts Notre Dame's 2023 recruiting class, here's another reason that this is a very important pickup, and that is there were two needs that Notre Dame had to address in this line class. 
they needed a center, which we talked about in the Joe Odding interview. But even more importantly, because I think center is a little easier to find than pure tackles, sure. right? Like you can fit some – I mean, Jared Patterson was a pure tackle that could go play center. You need guys who can play tackle. And like Sullivan Absher a lot, we both like him, but we're not sold that he's a pure tackle. He may end up, you know, maybe he could play right tackle, but he's, you know, could also move inside. Sam Pendleton's an inside player. He's going to be an inside player. He plays tackle in high school. He's going to move inside. Joe Odding was recruited to play inside. He plays inside in high school. This is a pure tackle. It could play left tackle, right? Now, obviously, if you have have two good left tackles and you can start them both and you have two great pass blockers, that's obviously something that Tom Reese is going to like. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but he's a kid that for sure can play left tackle and he's a pure tackle. So I don't want to focus so much on the right left, but this is a pure tackle and a kid that I do think gives you a chance to have someone who can play left tackle, which is something this class needs. Now, if you can get two guys like that, that'd be better. Yep. But you need, you needed a pure tackle and he's the first pure tackle that they've signed in this class uh, as it gets them now to four commits as he joins Sullivan Absher, Sam Pendleton and Joe Otting. Yep. Yeah, no, it's it's paramount because, like you said, we're not we're not focusing too much of the right tackle versus left tackle. But even if Notre Dame's able to land a Charles Jagasaw, let's say, and that ends up being the last lineman, just in a hypothetical, we're not counting Monroe Freeling for a second. Then there's only one player of that group that I am convinced that can play left tackle, right. and that is Elijah Page. So he has really good athleticism, which we're going to jump into the film on. I know here in a few minutes, he's got really good length. Those two things, when you have foot quickness and length and good body control, you can talk about left tackle, and I think that's what Elijah brings to the table. So he is a clear need. The only player that Notre Dame has has um, landed so far in this offensive ta- offensive line group that I am convinced can stick at offensive tackle long-term for sure. So it's a massive, massive need from a position perspective for Notre Dame. So when we talk about the, the class impact as well, that does get them to four. We will dive more in. I know some people are going to ask about what's next. We will get to that. We'll get to that after we do the film room. But I think the fact that you've met your tackle need, you've been able to dip into a state that I know Notre Dame wants to have more success in, I think are all things that are, are positives in this commitment. So uh, certainly an impact. And I think now it allows Notre Dame to say, okay, we've got our four, because four was the minimum number that Notre Dame could needed to land in this class. Certain things have gone on that they want to jump to five. Partly of what's going on is just a really talented class in their view, and they want to tap into it. Uh, but it allows them to now say, okay, we've met our minimum need. Now it's just about how many more impact players do we want to bring in? You know, Charles Jagasol, Monroe Freeling, other guys. You know, let's continue recruiting impact players and see how it goes. So we'll get dive into the specific numbers. But you certainly have now met your minimum need. And three of the four are ranked as four-star recruits by at least one service. Three of the four are ranked as top 250 players by at least one service because Joe Ott or because Eliza Page, the one site that is starting to kind of give him the respect that I think his game should d- determine if you're going to, especially if you're going to, if you're going to look at the upside, which we do, 247 has jumped him up to number 223 overall. I have him graded out as a top 200 player and the current grade with a five-star upside is where I have him, Ryan. So I think that that uh, you now have, you know, it, it's a quality class. Now it's about put the icing on the cake with an elite player, another elite upside guy in a Charles Jagasaw Monroe Freeling, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Yep. So Ryan, let's dive into the film room. Let's do it. Of Elijah Page. Let me just get this going here. So we're going to, we're going to jump in here a little bit. Let's get that up on the screen, Ryan, and we are going to check him out. He is the left tackle number 71. For Pinnacle High School, which, as we said, is the high school of Tosh Baker. 
the thing that we liked about him when we watched him when we watched him last time, Ryan, was he's not incredibly strong yet, but he's he's got the motor. He plays hard. He's got an edge to him. And mm-hmm. like he said, he's not a nice guy on the field. There's the athleticism that we talked about. Well, I mean, you can see the athleticism in the first two plays. The first one, he's working up to the second level. This one, they have him pulling around on the lead. I mean, he's just a smooth, smooth athlete. There's some offensive tackles where, or just offensive linemen in general, where you see them pull, and it's just the word that comes to mind is lumbering. Mm-hmm. That is not a word that you think of when you see Elijah Page. He's a very smooth mover. This is against Elijah Rushing, who's a five-star defensive end in the 2024 class that Notre Dame likes a lot. You see the length. Again, I think he gets a little too high here. We talked about this, but you see the quickness and the athleticism, the compete, and he ends up putting him on the ground. See that inside hand, man. He's That's really nice stuff. Well, that's I, the one thing. The coaching. Yes, coach. talk about that, Ryan, because, I mean, we, we discussed this last time, but he's an incredibly yep. well-coached young man. Yeah, so on the sprint out, obviously, he was going against a kid like Elijah Rushing, who's a really good football player in his own right. So he has that strong inside hand when he's working against this le- against that leverage. He's able to un- uncork his hips and really force his power outside because at that point, he's just like, I'm going to take you wherever your momentum's going, but I'm going to finish you on the ground. So that play for me on that sprint out was about good hand position, and he has really strong hips. You can see it. that he has. He, there's some strength through his core that's developing. Speaking of sound technique, this is an example of a, a guy that's coached well, but also is an instinctive player. There's two things that I like about this. Number one, he knows he's working with help here, right? So essentially what's going on is when you look at this left tackle here and this tight end here, they're working a, a combo with to, for these two players. So if the defensive end shoots inside, then Elijah takes them, right? And then the tight end would take the linebacker. And if they do some kind of stunt, which comes here. Elijah's going to pass it off and then pick up the stunter. And that's exactly what happens, Ryan. And it's a really, but he look at him, how he keeps his shoulder square, right? Doesn't turn into the end, keeps his shoulder square, engages, feels the outside to help secure that, that, that C gap, but then keeps his eyes up and then picks up the stunting linebacker with relative ease. That's a good good awareness. Yes. Yes. You can see the bend, right? You just, even in a stance, you can see that the kid can bend at the knees is huge you're going to hear that waist bender knee bender he can definitely bend sometimes his technique gets to the point where he'll lunge a little bit but that's a technique thing that can be corrected the athletics talent to be a bender is there and that's important and, and one thing that we want you to look notice at, look, at especially in, look, real quick, look at his eyes look at his eyes yeah. you can see him looking okay they're running a stunt where i got bam pick it up mm-hmm. go ahead ryan oh no i was just going to say especially because you're going to see a lot of pass pass um pass blocking reps for Elijah. And the one thing that I love about him is that he always just seems so patient. And when Mm -hmm. you're patient like that, you're well coached, of course, but you have to have a lot of trust in your athleticism and your length. And that's, I mean, we mentioned 34 and a half inch arms and this type of athlete, the patience for a kid his age is really, really impressive. Mm -hmm. Watch this dip and rip right here. When he gets to the second level right there, bam, right? That's really good. He's got to get low on a little linebacker, and he's able to do it. Look, he win, he get, he wins the leverage battle against a guy that looks to be about six feet tall. Opens that hole up, cutback lane right up. You can see the hip level explosion. there is excellent. Yeah, yep. the hip. Yes, exactly. The hip explosion as well. Find work. Find work. Mm-hmm. Yep. One of the most annoying things I ever see is when you see a lineman that just nobody's coming. So I'm just gonna. 
staying there. Yep, pretty much. Pretty much. He does a good job of driving his feet. This is a play where he actually he gets a his upper body gets a little bit too far ahead of his lower body, right? But he recovers. He keeps working his feet and he ends up winning. Obviously, in college, that he'll have to improve that, right? But you don't see that a ton. But the thing is, I love the compete level of this rep, right? Like the technique on this rep is not great, but I love the compete level. And obviously, you see the strength. But that's the thing for me is when you play for Harry Heastan, you're going to be more fundamentally sound, even more right. so than he is already. But the compete level's got to be there, and that's what you see from Elijah Page. I also love that kind of rep too, Brian, because when he's because you're he's off balance there for a second, right? You're lunging. This rep right here, right? Yeah, he's right. he's lunging, he's off balance, but the fact that he's able to maintain his balance that tells me that he's a flexible athlete, right? right? Like most guys, their their chest gets too far over their knees, and they're going to face plant on the ground. That guy's mm -hmm. just going to rip right past you. There, you can see his body recover, which tells me that he's a very flexible athlete as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you meet him, he's this really nice kid and engaging. And then you watch him play, and you're like, this kid's got some attitude. And everybody talks about, you know, the impact that Harry Heastand is going to have. I'm, I can't wait to watch this. And, of course, that's true. But I can't wait to watch this kid after a year of being with Matt Bayless. That's what I'm looking forward to. Because he's got a really impressive frame, Ryan. Mm -hmm. You can see it right there, like really long arms. Drives his feet. You know, they narrow up at the end. But that's kind of going to happen when you're driving a guy that far off the ball. Yep. Yeah, and you're going to get – I mean, we've, we've talked about this, though, right? Like, he needs to continue to develop his power. Right. So, when your power isn't great, you're you're going to get narrow at times. It's gonna But for a guy that doesn't have, like, that elite Charles Jagasaw power, puts yep. a lot of dudes on the ground. Sure I does. mean, he, he really – he's but that's 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 he's got some natural ability there, uh, definitely. But it's also the, the – he like you said, the hips and the feet. He never stops working his feet. And it's also a mentality thing. He wants to he wants to bury you. He he wants to put you on the ground and then like you just there crawl over you to let you, you know, he, I mean that's 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 kind of what you want to see. I mean, this he's got a great motor. Once the the strength, the weight room strength gets added, this kid's gonna be really, really impressive. And this is why we say, you know, maybe he's not a top hundred guy right now, right? Because he's you know still filling out the frame. Although if he is six, three hundred and four pounds, he could end up being a three a, a, a top hundred guy after his senior year film comes out. But just based off his junior film, he's not a top hundred guy yet. But the upside is as high as anybody in in the, in the class outside of maybe maybe Monroe Freeling, right? Like that's probably still my number one upside guy. But he's got a five star upside grade to me. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and I'm a little. So I know that he plays. You're talking about Ryan. Yeah, I know, I know, and I, I know he plays basketball, which you know the foot quickness should be no, no. uh no big surprise there, but I'm a little surprised that he's not a wrestler because his hips are just so strong. You can just kind of mm -hmm. see the hip, the hip, um, hip flexibility and power through it. He's going to be a good zone blocker, that's for sure. The quickness, the athleticism, the the understanding of hey, I'm feeling this, not necessarily going turning into this. He's going to have a really, he's going to make a really quick transition into the zone concepts. Oh yeah, this is an outside zone preferred kid who can right. run inside zone as well like movement based absolutely now one thing i do want to see him continue to prove on is using his hands more as a weapon he does not really do that a ton this is an example there's others he doesn't really use his hands to strike there's when he does it's when he's on the second level and he'll do it more then but at the line of scrimmage i would like to see him use his hands a little bit more to strike with he's got the snatch trap in his there's a good already one. though yeah there's a good one See that? Like there he shoots his hands a little bit, and you can see that that kid rock back a little bit. 
You can see the length there too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that kid's like, please yep. stop. <laughs> Are you doing this? <laughs> and this is good awareness. You know, we kind of saw this on one of Sullivan Apture's films, but he's stepping out. Guy slants across his face. He gets there, but still has that feel to get outside. He keeps his eye. He does a really nice job of keeping his, he's got really good field awareness of not just the guy that I'm working on right now, but just kind of everything around you. You need to have that. You're, College football for linemen is not just I'm blocking this dude, right? I mean, it's just it's just that's not the game. It's I, I, I might block this dude, but if they do this, I got to block that guy. I may block this guy initially, but then I'm going to end up having to block that guy. That's that's big boy football, right? And mm-hmm. and he's got really good field awareness. That's a kid who has an un, a mental understanding of the game as well as of the physical tools, right? And that's not always – this is something that you mentioned the other day, Ryan, like – in high school, you can just be a big, strong, athletic guy and dominate as an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. In college, in the NFL, it is a thinking man's position, and that's why we we focus on the kid's fundamentals, but also his feel for the game. Is it, it's got to be there? This is really yeah. good quickness right here. Like he gets around this kid in a hurry. And I know, I know, he kind of talked a little bit when we had him on, Brian, about the you know that he just felt it when he was on campus it really for when i when i talked to him after the visit i really seemed like the big thing that he talked about was being able to watch film with coach Eastan. like that was a big moment mm-hmm. for him you know so he's, he does really seem like a very studious player like he just mm-hmm. seems like he understands angles he understands field awareness like those mm-hmm. things seem to become it's not a natural thing so that tells me you know you have to study it we didn't we didn't talk to him about him going up to Deuce Robinson and be like, hey, man, <laughs> why don't you come join me in South Bend? Right, right. Really good patience. That's This is another clip of that. Pay. Like, I don't know what this edge rusher is doing, but Elijah doesn't panic. He's like, okay, is there somebody else coming inside? You see that, like, little quick peek inside? Like, nope, this guy just doesn't want to engage me. <laughs> but he stays patient, right? And then finally gets on the guy. And now that would explain why the guy didn't want any piece of him, right? It's like, well, it's kind of what happens when I come at you. Really nice job working his feet. I really like when he works, he either down blocks or works to the second level. So you see him, he gets his hips aligned in, you know, where his butts into the hole. That's like a very, uh, again, that's like an understanding of where the ball's going. Here's another twist that he picks up really effectively. And we talked about this the first time we watched the film. I remember this exact play, but both of these kids pick this up really well. It just goes back to the, I don't know who this coach is, but this, this, this is, he's, he's going to show up with an understanding of how to play. Now, Harry, he's staying. Like in high school, he's taking O line play one on one on one, which is good because most high school kids don't even get that. He's mm-hmm. got he's gonna have a sound foundation for them to build on. There's no question about it. He's been pre- prepped well. Now it's about Matt Bayless and Harry Heastan taking it to another level. Ooh, don't throw that ball. And this is a this is a play where length you can see the length because the, this defensive end actually gets into his chest early on in the rep, mm-hmm. but then you see that he can recover and then he gets the lockout. That's where you kind of see that where that length really comes into help there's some athleticism there really quick out of his stance too mm-hmm. good lateral ability so when we at when people hear us talk about lateral lateral agility or lateral quickness this is what we're talking about moving laterally i mean brian i'm gonna make it like a slightly hot take but i i really and i think you already mentioned something about it but like i wouldn't be surprised if this kid's a top 100 high four-star type of kid when it's all said and done because if he is Six six and three quarters, three hundred and four pounds, like he told us, with thirty four and a half inch arms, and he's mm-hmm. this well coached with this good of foot quickness. I don't think this is a 
this is a high upside, low floor type of prospect. Like that's a high floor for me. Right. And also a right. high upside kid. So I, I don't really see what's holding him back too much from a, a talent right. perspective. We got to see it on film, right? We got to sure. see it on film. But yes, sure. if he has had the fill out that he's talked about, I mean, he's six, five and a half, two eighty two. there. He's now six, seven, three Oh four is what he said. Uh, if, if that then translates to the athleticism is still there. And then those other things, catch then yeah he's a kid that's going to jump up the rankings you know there's there's no question about it another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. So that's Elijah Page's film, and, and you get a chance to see him, Ryan. Again, what are the things that you look for, right? When when So I don't know how Ryan is, but when I watch film, when I'm about to pop an alignment, I have a form form that I have that that these are the things for this position I'm looking for, right? I mean, for an offensive tackle, it's length, right? And I'm not talking about height. I don't care. The 6'7 thing doesn't matter. He could be 6'3", but with 34 and a half inch arms, he can play tackle, right? That's the key. But then you combine the height and the length. You, you, You see it. You've got the height. You've got the length. You've got the frame. You've got foot quickness. You've got agility. Those are not always the same thing. And here's the difference. Foot quickness is simply can simply be wrapped up into, like Ryan talked about, the lateral quick. I can go in one direction and go really quickly. Agility for me is more of the ability to then change direction effectively. Those are two different things. It's kind of like being fast in a 40, but not then being able to do anything side to side, right? Those both are required. So you see the foot quickness, the agility, right? You mentioned the balance, yeah. is very impressive. Those are all things that you look for. He's got a little punch in his hands, and that's what I'm looking forward to seeing, kind of him taking that next step is with the punch, the power, using his hands a little bit more effectively. High football IQ. Can he change direction with ease? And just like I said, those are the things you look for. What's the upside? Can he improve in these different areas? And everything, he, he's good in a lot of positions, but there's room for improvement everywhere. And I think those are the things you look for as a coach is you don't want a guy that's going to just, okay, this is as good as he's going to get. This kid's got a lot of room for development and he's already a pretty good player. So those are things that you like to see. Like there's like, if you go watch Elijah rushing highlights, there's a couple plays where Elijah page will kind of stop moving his feet a little bit, right? Those things are going to happen that you, and when you watch game film, there's a couple game films on YouTube. You'll see just a couple times like, okay, 
may just keep working your feet. Those things are all part of it, but that's what you expect from a high school junior. And that's what Harry Heastan is there for, but the tools are there. I mean, he's, he's a really, really better. He's a really, really a, a good football player and a guy that, that I think this is a good pickup. Again, if you're someone who looks at the stars and the recruiting rankings, it's kind of what we told you last time. You, you're not going to love this kid, but if you're an offensive line coach, you're going to love this kid. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously Notre Dame did. I mean, knowing that they're the leader for Monroe Freeling, we believe, and definitely the leader for Charles Jagasaw, and you still took this kid, says everything you need to know about this. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've talked to some sources at Notre Dame the, going into the visit. This kid was a must-get for them. In their view, he was a must-get player. So uh, really important pickup for Notre Dame and solidifies the line class. So there's now two. There's now one guy for sure that has a very high ceiling in this class, like five-star ceiling. I don't have Absher as a five-star upside guy. I don't have Pendleton there either. Uh, Odding I don't have quite there. This is the first five-star upside guy. Now, Absher's four-and-a-half-star because there's a lot of things to like. Yep. But I also like the fact that if – Page and Absher are your tackles down the road. You do really kind of have that ideal left-right duo. You know, the left tackle is the athletic, the pass pro, the right tackle. Absher is the big, powerful mover kind of guy, right? So you have that balance. And then, of course, if Notre Dame's able to either get Monroe Freeling or Charles Jagasaw, then, you know, one of one of Jagasaw or Absher could then move inside, and you still have that unique combination. And then if you get in a situation where, is we'll get into a little bit if you're able to get Freeling and Page, and you've got two elite athletes on the edge at tackle. Yep, and and that's a, a big thing. So uh, that that is that is what we see from Elijah Page. Mm-hmm. So Ryan, let's dive into sort of what's next. Sure. We talked before at the beginning of the show about they needed a pure tackle. They got it. So check there, at least one. I still think they need two pure tackles. That's just my opinion. Uh, that could be done by two ways. One is to get Monroe Freeling. The other is to get two guys that are sort of maybe right tackle guard type guys, and one of them will stick. That's Jagasaw and Absher. That's the other way to get to it. Mm-hmm. I, I would still like to see a second pure tackle. Obviously, the number one tackle on left on the board is uh, – is on campus right now. That's Monroe Freeling. He's on campus right now for his official visit. Hopefully his official visit goes as well as Elijah Page's official visit goes. And he comes to the same decision. And then, of course, Charles Jagasaw will be on campus sometime next week uh, for his final visit. And that's really it. I mean, you've got Page in the class now, Sullivan Absher in the class now, Sam Pemton in the class now, and Joe Otting in the class now. So that's your four. You've met your minimum need. And now it's you Notre Dame has to make a decision whether they're going to go to five or go to six. And I think that's the question, Ryan. And so that there's a lot they got to figure out. Now, part of this for Notre Dame was you take page. Now they think they're going to be able to get Jagasaw soon. Freeling has been adamant to you, to them, to everybody that he wants to take this commitment into the, into the summer, into the fall. Right. So I think this is where it is, is like you you take these kids that want to be here and then you keep recruiting Monroe Freeling. I believe that's what's going to happen. And so I think that's where Notre Dame is at, where they're going to take – they're going to try to get one more guy this summer for sure. Mm-hmm. From from what I've talked to, I think I think that, that six is going to be tough, but I think they're willing to make it work simply because the two guys left on the board are just too good to pass up in Charles okay. Jackson and Monroe Freeling. So I think that's where they're at. Ryan, I've I've talked about this. I hate taking six linemen into class. This is the exception. 
Mm-hmm. I do want to get your thoughts on on number one. Would you take six in this class if it meant Jagasaw and Freeling? Because I'm not taking six to take, you know, Austin Saraveld or some, you know, somebody like that. It's it's if you get can get one of those two studs, then you do it. And then also, how does that unit? How would that group then fit together? So first part of the question, Ryan, is would you go to six? And second part of the question is. How do you see that group of six kind of filling out? Yeah, I mean, the answer is yes. And I would even sacrifice maybe a couple spots in the 2024 group because right now it's a very small board in 2024. There's only four kids that are committed. Uh, for Sorry, four kids that are offered in the 2024 class. And just early on, and we're talking two years out, I think 2023 looks like they might have a little more talent, right? So I think that this is the year that you push it to six. We mm-hmm. talked about five being, you know, the number that they are definitely probably going to get to if they're able to land Charles Jagasaw, obviously. But if Monroe Freeling's there and he wants to come to Notre Dame, you have to take him in my opinion. I, in my opinion, not saying that's mm-hmm. Notre Dame's opinion, but in my opinion, I would absolutely take six. And at that point, you're looking at it and you're saying in a six-man class, clear projection, Joe Otting is your true center, you have guards that are Sam Pendleton, and um, it's either going to be Charles Jagasaw or Sullivan Apsher long-term. We'll see. And then, like you said before, Elijah Page and Monroe Freeling are your two offensive tackles. So you have a complete offensive line across, and then one guy that I think is the swing player, right, that maybe mm-hmm. can play a little bit guard, play inside a tackle. But I think that that is a – I mean, if you get to that six, man – that's hard to argue that there's a better six man. I mean, well, there probably is not going to be another six man class, but it's mm-hmm. hard. I hope to not. Argue. Yeah, I hope right. they're never in a position where they have to oh, no, consider talking, taking six again. Yeah, I was talking about big picture nation, nation. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, gotcha. uh, the 2023 well, like, class. Texas took like like what seven last year. Is that what they? They did that seven? out of need. Like they had to do that. I think they had like seven or eight guys last year. But that's the thing is Notre Dame is not in a position where they need to do that. They would simply be about acquisition we can't not take that group and and again i think the other part of it too that we have to discuss is one of the caveats is i do think there's a, an ability to create some separation in the six-man class monroe freeling is not a five-year player he's just no. not i mean so you you're you're getting him in the rotation right away if he earns it right i mean that's only if he earns it you don't have to worry about redshirting him i, I don't I don't know if I would necessarily worry too much about redshirting Charles Jagasol, to be completely honest with you. If Elijah Page shows up at 6'7", 305, 310, which if he went from 282 to 304 in this offseason, he's going to be, you know, 310. Hopefully it's, you know, continues to be good weight next offseason. He's also a guy you're probably not looking at as a five-year player. Also, when you consider the fact that that's going to be the final year for potentially the final year, for Fisher and or Joe Alt, it's even more reason to get some of these tackles sort of on the field in some way, some somehow, and not be too worried about the redshirt aspect of it, which I think then creates some separation between certain guys. I think, you know, Sullivan Atcher, I think, needs a lot of development from the standpoint of transitioning from a triple option offense to a more traditional offense. But physically, I think Sullivan Atcher is a guy that if you needed – help could help you out as a freshman at guard or right tackle. Agreed. So, and then of course, Joe Odding's a guy that's going to need time. I think Sam Pendleton's going to need some time, you know, I, and I, and I wouldn't like to redshirt someone after because of that train, that, that 
schematic transition, the fundamental technical transition is going to be much starker for him than it is going to be for everybody else because he's coming from such a different offense. But the point is, I think you can kind of break it up to where you're not going to just redshirt everybody like you used to do with the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's an important piece too. Because you remember like the, the great class that had Quentin Nelson, Alex Barr, Sam Mustafer, and Jimmy Byrne, all those guys redshirted. Quentin Nelson redshirted. Mike McGlinchey redshirted. You know, Ronnie Stanley kind of redshirted. You know, they played him in a couple games, and then he had a, a medical thing. You know, I mean, Liam Eikenberg redshirted, right? Yeah. I mean, Aaron Banks redshirted. Nick Martin redshirted. Zach Martin redshirted. Like, redshirting's not a bad thing. It's just that some of these kids are probably not five, you know, five-year guys. That There's more Blake Fisher, Joe Walt, what he turned out to be, uh, type of guys in this class than, than there are guys that are like, boy, that kid's really talented, but he's going to need some time. I would have thrown Elijah Page into that category a month ago. Sure until you saw the new picture, like, okay, that the thing that we were concerned about has kind of stepped up because technically he's the kid that can make the fastest train. Him and Monroe Freeling have the smallest gap from a, where he, they are fundamentally to where they need to be to play college football. They have the smallest gap to close of all the guys on the board. And, and so the fundamental part, the athletic part was there. Now, if the size and the strength catches up, then he's a kid that could play early, which I would not, I would not have said that when we first watched his film, because we hadn't seen how much he'd filled out this offseason. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're absolutely right. He's for me, and I I told Brian this before we started. He may be the most technically refined 2023 offensive tackle I've watched so far out mm-hmm. of anybody I've watched. Not just the guys that are committed to Notre Dame. Like Elijah Page understands angles. He's incredibly balanced in pass pro. He's very patient in pass pro. So. Although the star ranking might say that this is a developmental kid and a kid that needs the long term, if he is the same caliber of athlete with that length at 304 pounds right this second, he may be a guy that surprises and comes right. in and plays some football early on. Ryan, we are going to have a Q&A here in a little bit, but I first wanted to so – so if you have some questions about Elijah Page, about O-line recruiting, about recruiting in general, whatever else, we will have a Q&A after this. Uh, but I wanted to first talk about – uh, sort of finishing up the what's next aspect of this, right? And and just with a quick update on where things stand with Monroe Freeling and Charles Jagasaw. So as I said, Monroe Freeling is on campus this weekend. Charles Jagasaw, I believe, shows up next Sunday or Monday. Is it Sunday he's going to show up for his official? Is it Sunday or Monday? I thought it was the 17th. No, he's coming in town that weekend, but he's actually going to be a couple days later. I think he's actually not going to show up till Sunday. I think it's the 19th. I think it's 19th, yeah. whatever that day is. Yeah. So and then uh, and then of course Monroe Freeling's on campus. So let's just kind of go in chronological order of when they visit. Mm-hmm. Latest on Monroe Freeling school because he's got some more visits coming up. Uh, just kind of where things stand. Obviously anything can happen this weekend, but just kind of where things stand going in to this weekend's visit with Monroe Freeling, who Ryan and I will both say is the number one offensive tackle on our board. I correct? Am I am I safe yeah. in saying that? Okay, I thought I had yeah. that right. Yeah, I mean we we talked about Samson Okalola a lot. That's not on the board anymore, but. Besides him, uh, he was uh, Monroe Freeling, I think, is the, the highest guy that I've had on this board. He's a really talented football player and true left tackle type at the next level. And he likes Notre Dame. Notre Dame really likes him. The question has just always been about what does the timeline look like? And all respect to Monroe on this, he's been incredibly consistent with the fact that he wants to take his visits into the fall, he wants to go on game visits. He wants to do his due diligence. All respect to him. He's not a kid that's gone back and forth with it. 
he has been remained incredibly consistent that that is what he wants to do. And that is the most recent update. We don't know exactly when it's going to pop. He was very, he told me personally that if it's right, I'll know it. And then that'll be the end of it. But he has still a full intention of going into the fall. So Notre Dame is going to maybe have to play the waiting game with him. I personally think that he's too good not to continue that relationship. I think that's what Notre Dame is going to do in that regard. That'll force them to make a decision on five or six ultimately. But it appears that as of now, Monroe Freeling is playing the waiting game. And I think he's too good not to keep tabs on. I think if you're Notre Dame, you try to push for Monroe Freeling into this class. You, this weekend, you try to get him to commit like you did. They did Not that you get him to commit, but hope that you can knock it out of the park enough to get him to commit. Kind of like Elijah Page. They didn't pressure Elijah Page to commit. They just – the visit was so good that they realized where he wants to be. And hopefully that happens for Monroe Freeling. But I also feel like it's actually not a – it's actually not a bad thing if that doesn't happen. Because they do have to – look, they, they can't just take six right now and feel like, ah, it'll be fine. I think they would – I think – I think if Monroe Freeling came in this weekend, I don't think they're telling Charles Jagasall no. I don't believe that would be the case. The point is, is you take six, but you're like, we got to figure something out, right? Like, if he does take it into the fall, I do think that gives them some time to see, okay, where might we come up short somewhere else? Where might something happen on our roster? Where might something happen with, you know, all types of situations where, okay, that's how we can make it work. But you keep recruiting them. And you have to keep recruiting them as hard as you have been. That's the key. You can't back off a kid and still say, well, we're still recruiting him. You need to continue recruiting him as if you, as you always have. And that, to me, is, is going to be the key with Monroe Freeling. And then we talked about Charles Jagasaw. Um, let's – I mean, you, we've all talked with Sean. Sean's talked talk to him. We, we, he's going to be on campus the, the 19th through the 20th, I believe, is those two days with his mom. That yeah. was the key, Ryan. With Charles Jagasaw, the final piece was he's got to get mom on campus and make sure the mom gives him the thumbs up. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much sums it up perfectly. Charles ja- Notre Dame has been Charles Jagasaw's number one school for a while now, right? Like we talked about the Iowas of the world that have continued to obviously do a good job with Michigan, him. Michigan, Arkansas. Michigan, yeah, push, right. kind of push those buttons to try to get Charles to swing in their favor. But it's been Notre Dame for a little bit as far as the clear leader. It's just always about when is it going to pop? And, right. you know, we, we still feel very confident that when it does pop, hopefully sometime in the near future, it's going to be in favor of Notre Dame. So right. not much has changed. It's just about when it's going to happen. I mean, the only to me, the only way they don't get him in the class is if they just decide not to take him. Right. I mean, that would be that would be the only reason that I would say, oh, what 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 would cause you not to get him? It just you decide you're not going to let's say let's say Monroe Freeling commits this weekend. They're like, we're, we're good. That would be the only way I don't I see Notre Dame not getting him. Or somebody just really offends his mom next weekend, which I don't. I don't see that. I'd be surprised. <laughs> I'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the update on where guys are from a recruiting standpoint.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.